Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman, and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast about insurance innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship. This week, I'm delighted to welcome Laura Drabik, the Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. Guidewire, of course, are one of the largest software providers to the insurance industry. Over 400 PNC carriers use Guidewire's platform to engage, innovate and grow their business efficiently. Laura has been at Guidewire since 2006, first as Director of Business Transformation and now working as Chief Evangelist. In 2019, Laura was named to the Insurance Business America's Elite Women 2019 list. She's also one of the winners of the Silicon Valley Business Journal Women of Influence Award for 2019. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Laura Drabik. Laura, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio. How's it going? Oh, very well. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. I've never interviewed a chief evangelist before. Well, it'll be a treat, won't it? <laughs> it will, it will. So what does a chief evangelist do exactly? Yeah, so a chief evangelist is a brand ambassador, if you will. What I do is I start first with the customer and their strategic aspirations and goals and their business desires, and then I work back to the technology. That's great. Cool. We can, we might touch on that a little bit more as we talk about uh, Guidewire and the journey that you guys have taken over the last couple of years. Uh, but I was hoping we could start the conversation with a bit of a deep dive into the whole topic of uh, women in tech, because I know you've done a lot of presentations and advocacy in this area. And it's something I'm not really familiar with the issues at all. So I thought I'd just dive straight into my own ignorance and ask what what I hope are actually kind of silly questions that can kind of clarify uh, some things that maybe other people have been afraid to ask. So like, maybe just start off very simply, like, what are some of the issues facing women in tech at the moment? Well, Connor, right now, what's top of mind is actually the collapse of the childcare sector and also drastic reductions in school supervision hours as a result of COVID-19. Right. Yes. So this could drive millions of working mothers out of the paid workforce. And keep in mind that women are still the primary caregivers, so it has an effect on their career progression and ability to generate income. Also, women currently remain underrepresented in software engineering. We comprise only 14% of the total workforce, and it's worse for women of color. When we call out that females aren't fairly represented in tech management roles, it really starts with getting women in at the entry-level roles. And then lastly, there's what Forbes magazine has called the confidence gender gap. Study after study shows that men overestimate their abilities and performance. Not you, Connor, other men. (laughs) Well, women underestimate their own, even when they're just as good as men at what they do. And it costs women valuable opportunities, not for lack of competency, but from lack of confidence. So women need to get over that confidence gender gap to move upwards. Yeah, and that's actually something I've noticed, like anecdotally in my own career, like in the various teams I've worked in, uh, either overconfidence or lack of confidence you see uh, among certain men and women. And is that for like for yourself? Is that something that that you were always aware of, like throughout your career, or is it, did it just kind of come into your creep into your consciousness over time? I think it crept into my consciousness over time. I didn't realize that other women didn't feel the way I felt or had those insecurities as well. I think it's just through 
women groups and education coming together to understand and shine a light on that issue then allows you to understand it and then address it and overcome it. So what are some of the things that, that you, so you mentioned like uh, women's groups as an example, but what are the other things have been achieved so far? The fact that we're having this conversation on diversity right now is really speaks volumes and well to communities globally trying to understand this. So that's a step in the right direction. Also, corporate diversity initiatives and roles like chief diversity officer. I mean, you think chief evangelist is a new title. That's a wonderful role. And it indicates that companies are acknowledging their lack of diversity and the importance of hiring and retaining a diverse workforce. So a really great step forward or achievement. Also, very positively, women's earnings are outpacing those of men when it comes to high-skilled jobs. We talked about the women's groups popping up globally. I'm on the board of Girls in Tech. We are empowering women through all stages of their life, and there are many groups like that. We also have initiatives, Connor, like parental leave. So that's a great step forward. And there's been a 24% increase of representation of women in the C-suite. So all very positive achievements, thanks to the efforts of generations of women and supportive men that never stop advocating for women in the workplace. What are some of the examples like from your own career? Like we mentioned that, it, you know, curate into your consciousness gradually. But like what were some of those things that illuminated uh, the issues for you? So I have spent almost 16 years working in tech sales. And as you probably know, it's traditionally a very male dominated space. So one of, I think, what enlightened me perhaps is some of the infractions that I noticed throughout my career. And one of them is not being recognized as a senior leader by male senior leaders. So this could include not directing questions to me. And, you know, studies show that 88% of women have had clients and colleagues direct questions to male peers that should have been addressed to them. I'm also more interrupted or, or I'm interrupted more often than men in meetings. I have my opinion discounted more often than male leaders. I had a company take my name off my acclaimed blog series and replace it with the name of a fellow in upper management. And Connor, to be clear, they took my ideas and they put them under his name. Wow. So these are all examples. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, wasn't cool. wasn't the right thing to do. But at the time, I didn't say anything because I didn't feel confident and I didn't want to disrupt or be seen as a complainer. And what other tactics could you recommend like leaders, uh, maybe not just leaders, but also like people at every part of the hierarchy of an organization that will, what kind of tactics can they employ to increase diversity and inclusivity as well? I think if you want to build a stronger culture, managers, coworkers and executives, exactly what you said, the whole gamut or spectrum of people and roles, you have to start and you have to do this consistently but call out instances where a woman's hard work is going unnoticed. An easy way is to show praise and bring unnoticed work to light is to send out emails. Do it frequently. Mm. Internal messaging uh, to your company. Highlight ideas and projects brought about by women. And you know, Connor, I just did this yesterday afternoon. And I use Slack, which is a, a channel that we have on there as global. It's for the global employees. And I called out two women that are working diligently behind the scenes to bring our product keynote 
to our user conference. And I wanted to make sure that people understood the women behind the scenes. And they actually reached out to me individually to thank me for doing that. But do it often and do it across the gamut. I would also say that, you know, one of the issues that we're finding in tech is that we're growing so quickly that diversity is sometimes overlooked when it comes to hiring. Instead of gathering a high quality pool of diverse candidates, some companies are rushing to hire the first candidate that they can find to fill their need. And this, unfortunately, is going to be a dangerous outcome for the future of the company. You're not getting the right people in potentially. So it's to answer your question, another recommendation or tactic is that companies need to take time and build a diverse talent pool. And the same goes for bringing on new board members. We actually just added two very strong women on our board. And I cannot tell you how joyful I felt when it happened last year. It reflects well on a company when they walk the talk. The last thing I'd mention is, and it's related to the tactic I just talked about, which is hire for potential. There is some great, less experienced, diverse talent out there. They may not have exactly the experience that you're looking for today. So start a mentorship program where you can grow them into what you're looking for. Well, maybe we could uh, shift the story more to uh, the business side and Guidewire itself. Like clearly you have a great culture of learning and, and diversity. How long is Guidewire going? Like wh- when did you guys start? We started back in 2001 and the mandate was to revolutionize how insurance companies serve their customers. So to revolutionize insurance, we actually started at the core of the issue, which were legacy systems of record. So these are these disparate, disconnected systems that prevented insurers from delivering a connected, more streamlined service to their consumers. So we started initially with claims. That's where the market or industry need was. Then we evolved into policy and then we layered in billing. After that, we then followed the market, or I should say drove some of the market here because we layered on digital for, to achieve omni-channel servicing and then also data so we could create a smart core, if you will. So what was really important here is that we were always designing and weaving processes into the core. So it's delivered as one connected solution um, to insurers so that they can then deliver connected, intelligent processing to the end consumer. I'm assuming then that the important part there is the fact that it's one as opposed to many, because I think with the many being, that's already the problem with all the legacy stuff. You got it. That's exactly it. Cool. And uh, so what kind of business was Guidewire when you joined? You weren't listed at the time, I think. Is that right? That's correct. This was I joined pre-IPO. So we, um, when I joined 14 years ago, we had less than 100 employees. Now we have almost 3,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's quite the, uh, it's hard to get to know everyone's name uh, now. It was easier back then. We had a handful of customers. Now we have almost 400. We were in the U.S. Now we're serving customers in 34 different countries. And in the early days, we focused on replacing, like I said before, that legacy system of record with this modern core processing solution that, and this is really important, was designed and built from the ground up to address the PNC insurance market. And I had this amazing experience of being on the design team since I started with Guidewire, again, leveraging that boots on the ground insurance experience. 
And our CEO always encouraged us to think big picture and not silos. And thanks to his mandate, all of the modules like policy claims, billing, digital, they all integrate out of the box and they have these cross module capabilities that support the insurance lifecycle and not siloed policy or claims lifecycle. And that's really important because we're diverting from that legacy past. We're pivoting from that, going from silos, going to solution. But what's different from when I started is that everything we implemented was on-premise and now our journey is cloud-focused. And it's because it's what's best for our customer. Um, it allows them to innovate quicker in the cloud. They can scale almost immediately by adjusting infrastructure capacity and they can access leading edge infrastructure. So now it's still the solution. It's just the solution in the cloud. Cool. So like, obviously, when you guys started uh, back in 2001, the term InsureTech uh, didn't exist. That's a relatively recent uh, phenomenon. So like, what, what are some examples of some of the stuff that you've done with InsureTechs or uh, whether that be in the last couple of years or over the last 20 years? So I'll have you know, uh, about three years ago, one of our wonderful SI partners introduced Guidewire as the original InsureTech at an industry oh, really? event. And, you know, yeah, and I thought to yeah, myself, it was an aha moment. We, we in fact, were. Yeah, makes sense. It does. But um, my favorite stories that I'll share with you, and I got two if you don't mind, they actually all come from the pandemic because what I'm noticing is the pandemic is dramatically accelerating innovation and InsureTech is a huge part of that. So another $2 billion standard lines carrier leveraged chatbot. It was integrated to Guidewire. They used it to handle FAQs, both on policies, claims, and COVID-19 questions. And it helped them to dramatically reduce the number of live calls for brokers and call centers. So I thought that was a super cool story where InsureTech is accelerating innovation during a time when it's most critical, which is the pandemic. And then another one was a $4 billion carrier. They accelerated their digital portal with Guidewire and were able to go from processing 2 million pieces of paper a year down to zero in a matter of weeks due to our integration with a digital document um, solution and an e-signature provider. Again, accelerated because of the pandemic, but it's a great story that it's not going to go away once it's once it's implemented they can now continue to leverage this innovation great laura well i think we're just about out of time do you have any parting words for our audience yes i do when an insurance carrier is looking at innovating when they're looking at collaborating or leveraging insuretech i would ask them to think about looking at the foundation or their platform which is going to allow them to do that and and that's where we come in we're the platform that connects our insurance carriers to an ecosystem as well as allows them to innovate in this new market and new normal. Well, thanks very much, Laura. Where can people go to find out more about you and more about Guidewire? You can go to guidewire.com to see and learn more about Guidewire. You can go to also evangelist.guidewire.com. I have a page where I keep a lot of thought leadership material, videos, presentations, and you can find all of that on that page. Great. I'll make sure I link to that as well. And actually, just a quick shout out for your blog on there. I thought it was very, very insightful. So I uh, highly recommend people check that out. Well, Laura, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn, and please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.